This is Dental All-Stars, where we bring you the best in dentistry on marketing, management, and training. Here's your host, Alex Nottingham. Welcome to another edition of Dental All-Stars. I want to share with you a study club titled The Nuts and Bolts of Dental Marketing Part 2, where we briefly review the first study club, Nuts and Bolts of Dental Marketing, and we take some questions related to marketing. We're going to hear from Larry Gazzardo, as always, our head instructor, uh, Eric Vickery, one of our longstanding mastery coaches, and myself, Alex Nottingham, we're going to answer some questions uh, posed. So enjoy the snippet, the excerpt from this study club uh, as you listen. Let's start study club. We are talking about the nuts and bolts of marketing, part two, the Q&A session. We went and did an hour and a half in the last session, and so now we want to answer some of the pressing questions. With us in the study club, we have Larry Gazzardo, as always, our head instructor, uh, Ulster Dental Academy, uh, a veteran speaker, consultant, Dawson Academy faculty member, um, you know, all about providing common sense uh, solutions to improve dental practices. That's Larry. We have Eric Vickery, our most senior uh, coach, uh, having coached with over 250 dental offices, uh, really specialist on case acceptance, um, fee-for-service, in uh, how to work with insurance companies, get off insurance companies. Uh, big on track uh, results tracking. We'll talk about some of the tracker uh, later in this uh, webinar, um, and uh, also a disc personality profile expert. Okay, so we're going to start with Larry, uh, and uh, as you a quick re- recap, and then we're going to come to the questions. So, Larry, it's all yours. Great. You know what? I don't think there's a topic that gets more questions than than how to market your practice. And, and I'm not surprised by that because uh, there's just so much confusion about the way, you know, that you should market your practice. And so in our last session, I made a specific point that when you market your practice, you have to take into consideration, are you presenting yourself in a professional manner or are you presenting yourself in a retail manner? And And, and the reason why I brought that up was because you know, when somebody doesn't care who they go to, you know, and I use the example, if you were trying to get somebody to come and maybe, you know, get the leaves out of your gutter, or if you were locked out of your car and you needed a locksmith, you know, somebody to show up just to, you know, get you in the door, my sense is you probably wouldn't care who showed up, just as long as somebody showed up and, you know, could do the job. And, and that's what I refer to when I think of like a retail service. Now, I'm not knocking retail services because they're vital to our economy, and there's certainly nothing wrong with them. But when you provide a professional service like we do in dentistry, we don't want our patients to think of us the same way, if, if I'm making any sense here, because we want them to give some consideration to who they're going to. Because if, if I had asked you, hey, let's, let's look for somebody to invest all of your savings. Let, let's, let's get somebody to write your will. You know, let, let, let's get somebody here to write your durable power of attorney. You know, what's going to happen at the end of your life? Um, let's get somebody to, you know, sell your house. You, you probably just made a little pause there and thought, well, well wait a minute. Um, hang on now. This isn't like, you know, raking the gutters out of my leaves. Um, I, now I care who shows up. 
And so I, I'm, I'm not just going to choose anybody for, you know, any reason. I'm going to do a little bit of research. And so it's that collective pause that I'm talking about when I refer to presenting yourself in a professional manner because you want people to select you because of who you are, what you can do, what your reputation is, you know, your skills, um, the kinds of procedures that you do, you know, maybe the kind of equipment that you have. So, so we have to remember if we present ourselves like a retail um, kind of a venture, then don't be surprised that patients show up and really don't care who you are and, and, and don't care about your skills or, you know, the amount of money that you've invested in your facility or your equipment or, or anything like that. So, so that's why we have to be careful. We have to think professional versus retail. And my recommendation when it comes to any kind of marketing is that you present yourself in a professional way because you want people to give some thought as to why they're selecting you. So I, I, I feel like that's very important. And I know why so many dentists struggle with it. It's because marketers have discovered that dentistry needs marketing. And of course, they're not making the distinction that I have talked about. They're just thinking, well, let's market. And so marketing to them is let's put up a billboard, you know, let's let's get you on the radio, um, let's let's send you one of these kind of cards, you know, the one where you know you get a free exam, you know, or something for ten dollars, you know, type of thing. Let's 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 put out some jumping jacks out in the front of the office and a balloon man. But you get my point. They're marketers. They're just trying to get attention for your practice. And so they don't care that maybe the wrong kind of person shows up. Because I know if you put a balloon man in front of your office, somebody's going to show up. I'm just worried about who might be attracted to, you know, that kind of marketing. So that's what I want you to think about when, when we talk about marketing here and, and when I'm answering your questions. So there's a distinction that patients make in their mind. There's a distinction that you make in your mind when you're faced with making a professional versus a retail decision. So you have to be careful how you present yourself. You want to be able to gain patients in your practice because they're attracted to you, not because you promoted to them. Because when you promote to them through something like this, you have to do something like this. Because to get this to work, you've got to have a coupon that says you're going to get something for free, or, or in this case, you're going to get uh, an exam for $10, um, even though it's a $180 value. So, so we want people to come to your office because they're attracted, not because you promoted them. I'm, you use promotion uh, to get them in the door. Again, marketers, they just say, let's just get people in the door, because they think busy is being productive all the time. And, and I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying that they don't make that distinction. They don't really say, well, what kind of, you know, person are you trying to attract to your office? They think if they send these cards to the right zip code, if they, if they send it to the right demographic, then meaning a demographic where maybe the household income is higher, then, then oh, that's how you'll get a better patient. But what we forget is that a higher socioeconomic demographic isn't taken in by something like this. You know, they're, they're not attracted to a promotion because they want somebody who's going to do it correctly. So, so this might scare away the person that you're actually trying to get into your practice. Um, so, so, so you have to be careful. We want to use attraction, 
not promotion. We don't we don't want to do that, and um, because promotion requires discounting and gimmicks and things like that. Promotion also requires um, or means that you'll present yourself like a retail uh, establishment. And that's when we get patients who complain that, geez, you're not here at 7 in the morning, you're not here at 7 o'clock at night, um, you're not here on Saturdays. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Uh, when people aren't choosing you, they're just choosing your building or your location, or they're choosing the $10 free offer, they don't care about you. They care about what they want. And what you'll find with, is when you um, uh, market your practice correctly, by attracting people to what you can offer, what you'll discover is they'll come when you're available. And that's what I like about those patients. They're not demanding that you be there at 7 in the morning or 7 o'clock at night or that you're even there on Saturdays. Uh, so they won't do that for you. So, so you have to be very, very careful about the way that you market your practice. So before we got started tonight, um, I just wanted to have that quick overview with you and really just save the majority of our time for questions because last time we, we went so long that uh, there was so much to talk about that we never really got a chance to ask uh, or to answer anyone's questions for you. So that's what that's how I wanted to kick off this evening, Alex, is just give that little bit of a review. But let's let's get right into the questions from everybody. <clears throat> All right. Let's get our cameras back. Where'd I go? Let's see. There we are. Uh, Eric, come on with us. So just some, uh, before we get right into questions, some of the topics that you talked about were how to get reviews, the importance of reviews. Um, let me just pull up here because it was a very detailed, wonderful presentation. Um, talking about good content to create, what Google likes to see, uh, the how the website should look, a professional-looking website versus a yeah. gimmick site, the concept of DDS, um, which, what, what did you have to stand for, DDS? Dull, dull, dull dental, dental stuff. stuff. We don't want to do any dull <laughs> dental stuff. We talked about that. Um, a great smile gallery, your maybe a YouTube channel doing videos, the power of videos, blog, social media, <clears throat> whether it's uh, Facebook or Twitter. Um, I mean, there's so much great stuff in this presentation, so I hope everybody reviewed prior. Um, some cool online tools and eight tips for a great web design. Really great stuff. Um, so let's. I'm going to get to some of the questions that have already been uh, presented here. And we'll take that, and, and as you hear these questions, everybody, start sending me your questions, and we'll make sure that they're answered. You have um, a lot of great time with us with that. So, <clears throat> um, so, so, Larry, one thing that comes up a lot is the question about permission for pictures. So how do we address that? Um, permission for pictures is easy. People do it a couple of ways. Um, let's say you find uh, a patient in your practice that you'd like to feature on your website or maybe post their um, their picture in the office or something. You can have them just sign a, a waiver, a, a photo release that allows you to be able to do that. So that's one way that, that people do it. Another way is by including that type of wording in your patient registration forms. 
So it's automatically there. So when they sign that they're a member of the practice, they're also just signing that, you know, you may use their pictures um, for uh, other promotional purposes. So, you know, you, you, you've got two options for it. Um, I find that patients are really excited that you would want to feature them in a photo book or, or on the ceiling uh, or on the walls of the practice and all that. And so, you know, you could just have them sign it. Something that's been kind of popular kind of going around, um, which makes sense as well, uh, particularly if you like to do a lot of social uh, uh, media marketing, is have the patient just use their own cell phone and, and take a selfie or something like that. And, and then if they forward the picture to you, then obviously the permission to use it, you know, has already been there. But right. the easiest way is just pick the people that you want to feature and then just ask them to sign a release. Larry uh, or Eric, could you send me a copy of one of those release forms and I can add it to the All-Star Student site? If one of you can get that to me, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll add that there. Um, Eric, tell me... And then we're going to go to the tracking system in a moment um, that we referred to at the last uh, study club. Um, Facebook management and reviews, can you talk a little bit about um, the importance of that and how to get more of, of those? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, Larry just talked about it. With them taking a selfie of themselves in their after picture, wouldn't it be great if they posted it on their own Facebook and tagged you in that picture? That would be some really good free marketing. So <clears throat> in addition to that though, we have to remember that what Facebook started out as and what people go to Facebook for. I know Alex, you love Facebook so much, you're on it all the time. <laughs> Not really, right? So people go there for entertainment purposes. It, it is not a search engine. It is not a, a place that people go to do. Now, they started doing recommendations. If you noticed it, what would be great and I do this for my clients if I've already liked their page. If you see somebody who's asking for a dentist in their town, you can now make a recommendation. You can actually tag the page of your, uh, that your Facebook page in that post. You say, you know, I recommend uh, Dr. Larry. He's amazing. And then after you hit your, 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 click your comment, you can then actually attach a page that you like. If you like that page, you can recommend it. So that's an awesome way to do it. Remembering that Facebook is for entertainment value. We have a, a, a huge benefit because our business is smiling. So anytime I'm managing or, or, or taking care of Facebook posts for clients or helping them with that aspect, it's what are you going to post two functions here that's going to make your people feel entertained and cause them to smile so that they will either A, trigger a like or a share. Well, I think everybody should see this. I'm going to share it. So that may not have anything to do with your specific practice. But the second aspect of it is what Larry really got into in part one was people got to see the insides, the inner workings of who you are. They don't want a bunch of models and phony people being shared. So they want to see that today you shared your hygienist birthday today. Help us celebrate with her. And you post, tag people. You get your team to like it and share it. And you create a ripple effect by doing that. People typically don't go to your Facebook page to learn about something bloody and gory like maybe an implant or periodontal surgery and be scrolling through their Facebook page and go, oh, I like that. That looks really cool. Let me share that so all my family can see that scary picture, right? And so we have to remember we're about creating smiles. So think of something that you would hashtag smile. Make sure that your Facebook is automatically forwarding to your Twitter. Larry mentioned that last meeting as well. And about four posts a week. That's about it. That's all it takes. 
Excellent, excellent. Uh, Larry, tell me about, um, and I actually like to hear from both of your opinions, what do you think about the new patient specials? Is that a good idea, a new patient special? You, you really want to know what I think? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think, unless you really, really need to have patients, um, I don't think it's a good idea. I, I don't like that kind of marketing because today uh, people will take advantage of the special and then it doesn't create any loyalty. Uh, that's an old, old, old marketing method. It was true years ago when, when mom always wished that she could use Dove. You know, but she thought Dove was just too expensive and too fancy. She's just going to have to stick with Dial, you know. But Dove sent her a coupon for 10 cents off a bar, and it made her realize, I know, you know what, for 10 cents off a bar, I'm going to try Dove because <laughs> I've always wanted to. But the reality is that type of marketing worked. I mean, we still see coupons today. Remember when I what I talked about in in the first uh, go around here was that today everybody thinks everything is the same, particularly in dentistry they think it's all the same. They think one hygienist is the same as another hygienist. One crowns just like another crown. There's absolutely no difference. That's why so many people are willing to shop around and just ask, "What are you charging?" Because they don't think that there's a difference. So so my attitude about having a new patient promotion is that it will just attract people who want the promotion and more than likely and today people have no shame they'll just go hey I'll just go to the next place I mean look how successful Groupon was not <laughs> you know because it didn't bring any loyalty to those to those establishments people flooded the restaurant the night that the Groupon was uh, being offered and then they never came back and most never spent more than the amount of the Groupon so it was great for consumers, but it was horrible for the vendors. So that, that's why I don't like that kind of marketing. Again, that has to do with um, uh, using promotion to get people into your office rather than attraction. Uh, and I'm guilty of the same thing. Uh, we get the Sunday mailers uh, come in our newspaper, and we like boneless chicken. And so we've got an option of going that way to a grocery store, or we can go that way to a grocery store when we out into the street and so guess which direction we go to whoever's got the chicken breasts on sale that week <laughs> you know because I can go this way or I can go that way and so we're not they're both fine stores we don't see any difference and we don't see any difference in the chicken why pay more uh, so Eric I don't know if you have anything to add to that what do you think Eric yeah no, one and done, right? So if you're giving something away for free, they're going to come in for the free thing, and then they're gone. I mean, the, the statistics show that it takes about nine months to deliver a new patient. I don't know if you guys know that or not, but that's scientifically proven, by the way. Are they staying in your practice? If you look back at your new patients, you go back and you do an audit, and you say, okay, uh, I'm going to go back in my schedule nine months ago, and I'm just going to pick a week. I'm going to look at my new patients and see and maybe you're in Dentrix, you go other appointments. How many of them have a future appointment in there? Did we keep them in the practice? And you can look at what marketing source they came from, and what you're going to find is referrals, those that did the research online for reviews, and are going to have a, a, a they're going to stick. They're going to be more likely to trust you when they walk through the door. Well, I, I take a new patient, I'm just not new patient, I take a patient survey with every new client that I work with. 
And I can tell you that consistently over 20 plus years of going to client offices that uh, patient referrals from family and friends and other staff members is consistently the number one source of, of new patients. And, and I've never had a dentist tell me, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't like getting them from patients and friends because they're horrible. They always tell me those are the best patients. And I said, well, we, we do a weighted, I do a weighted survey, not a random survey. So we hand select the, sur the patients that we survey. So these are people that we consider better quality, not better quality, but just, you know, are the patient that we're looking more of, you know, who come in on time, you know, who pay their bill, you know, who refer their friends, accept our, our care. So we're asking those specific patients, and, and by and large, the, the way that they found out about the practice is from other patients. Word of mouth. And I think, so when you have maybe a scratch practice, and you've got no patients whatsoever, and you're trying to build that up, maybe you're going to do a mailer. You're going to do something along that lines. I've seen that work. But here's what happens is, don't market to get something free. Market who you are, your reputation, and reviews that other patients have said about you, maybe in your previous practice, or those that are there now. And as those come in, the first thing you're going to start doing is, did you like it here? How to ask for a referral to get more in? Because statistically, just like Larry's saying, you should have 60% or more of your new patient flow coming from referrals. That should be yeah. the statistic. There, if it's a, not, there's an issue. There's a great line, um, I think it was Brian Tracy, who said that you should try to run your business um, and see if you can build a business that you only rely on referrals. You do the other things, but when you analyze your business, you say, could I rely on just referrals? Um, and if you can, you have a winning business. And then you just add on top of it. So I think that's a tremendous kind of a capsulation of what uh, a lot of things you guys are talking about. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Dental All-Stars. Visit us online at allstardentalacademy.com.